This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Some news breaking as we're walking into the studio today. Sarah Huckabee Sanders stepping down, leaving the White House at the end of the month, realizing, uh, I guess, her job is unnecessary since there hasn't been a public White House briefing in like over 90 days. She is uh, returning to the landfill where she used to live. (laughs) Returning to the family business of torturing dogs. Returning to the dog skinning farm. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, uh, well, which well, cable well, news? Let, let's not let's not beat this joke to death. Which not, cable not news network? Not unlike how her her brother beat to death a dog. Which cable news network hires? Beat a dog to death. Sarah CNN could be San- Yeah, CNN. CNN for sure. Obviously. <laughs> All right. Uh, subscribe Woo! on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. If you haven't yet already, we've got Garbage Can nominations open right now for all subscribers to uh, submit some people or entities to be considered for the Garbage Can on tomorrow's show. I know a lot of people have put forward The Atlantic, the um, the magazine, the terrible magazine. It is that, awful. Um, it's truly terrible. Employs war criminals. Uh, no response from Jeff Goldberg from when... Oh, when you emailed when him? When I emailed him, yeah. Others uh, have nominated Jessica Biel in anti-vaxxers. Every now and then the anti-vaxxers pop up in the garbage can nominations, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, the garbage can is reserved for a certain type of people, and I think uh, people trying to bring back diseases that haven't been around in decades... I think uh, they're, wor- the they're worthy of the garbage can. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. All new subscribers also get a haiku written for them and read on air. It's Thursday, June 13th, 2019. Here's the news. Two oil tankers were attacked today in the Gulf of Oman. Unsurprisingly, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo jumped to blame Iran Reuters noted he made the claim, quote, without providing hard evidence. (laughs) Of course. The incident follows a similar attack, which the Trump administration also blamed on Iran last May, again without backing up its claim. White House aide John Bolton had vowed to prove to the U.N. Security Council that Iran was responsible. CNN noted today he has still yet to offer up the evidence to back up those allegations. The Iranian government denied any responsibility for today's attack, just like it denied being responsible for last month's attack. Foreign Minister Javad Zarif said, quote, suspicious doesn't begin to describe what likely transpired this morning. Zarif noted the attack was on a Japanese-owned tanker while Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was in Iran having bilateral dialogue with Ayatollah Khamenei. I like how we're supposed to believe yep. that the Iranians are just this cartoonishly evil that they're going to start ah, attacking. Ha, ha. We are going Japanese to start rocket attacking ships while Shinzo Abe is in the country. Ah, ha, 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 ha. We will thwart these ships in their evil ways. No shocker, uh, Marco Rubio is horny for war, though he has spent weeks on Twitter denying that both he and the Trump administration want war with Iran. Rubio tweeted, "Quote." 
The attacks in the Gulf today by forces under control of the Quds Force and the Revolutionary Guard have created a very dangerous situation in the region. You can just hear Rubio rubbing himself to the thought of airstrikes. This is really scary stuff happening right now. And we've been talking about this on the show for a month or two that the drumbeat to war with Iran is getting louder and louder and that suspicious things are happening that suggest that the administration is trying to create a pretext to go to war with Iran. And like if I would have predicted how they would have done this and I was a student of history, I would have said, oh, well, maybe they're just going to stage some attacks on some (laughs) ships uh, in the region and claim, oh, well, now we have to go to war. And this is exactly what they're doing. I, and, and by the way, if you are one of the shady operatives in Saudi Arabia or the UAE, you know that your window for a war with Iran is getting narrower and narrower with it increasingly likely Trump will lose in 2020. In I'm honestly opinion. a little offended by the lack of imagination here, though. <laughs> Like they're trying to recreate the Gulf of Tonkin incident. They should at least try to do some sort of cyber attack or something. Or like the main. They're trying to recreate significant false flags events in history to create a new war this time around. And every step of the way, Marco Rubio is going to be like, well, the Iranians are just making it more and more dangerous. They're just responsible for this very dangerous situation as we point fucking 10,000 warheads at them. Will we be surrounding them from every country we occupy that like that borders their territory? Yeah. Exciting time right now to find out if we're all going to get fooled again into going uh, into a war under suspicious pretenses. I have to say the fact that even uh, outlets like CNN and Reuters in their straight reporting are saying that there is no evidence for this is a good sign that people are uh, less... Uh, susceptible to being totally conned again. Here's the real dark question. If the Iranians aren't sabotaging oil tankers in the Gulf, who is? Saudis. <laughs> it's not that dark. I, or, I, or, or the CIA. Or the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past them. Let's move on quickly here. House Democrats are set to convene a hearing later this month to examine the repeated violations of federal regulations by White House advisor Kellyanne Conway. Comes on the heels of a report from the Office of Special Counsel, which is different from the Special Counsel Robert Mueller's office, which no longer exists because the Mueller report is done. The Office of Special Counsel always exists. The OSC recommended that the White House fire Conway... (laughs) The agency cited several occasions in which Conway violated the Hatch Act, which prohibits federal employees from electioneering while on official time. We've talked about the Hatch Act a lot on this show. It's a pretty minor violation. A lot of officials, even during the Obama administration, found themselves in violation of the Hatch Act. But Kellyanne Conway acts like it doesn't even exist, like it doesn't even affect her day-to-day life. And she is constantly going on TV in her official capacity as a White House advisor on the White House lawn and engaging in lots of electioneering all the time. I don't think I have ever seen OSC just straight up say that this person needs to be fired before. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Quoting from the OSC report. As a highly visible member of the administration, Ms. Conway's violations, if left unpunished, would send a message to all federal employees that they need not abide by the Hatch Act's restrictions. OSC called on Trump to, quote, immediately fire Conway, and the decision is entirely his. OSC can't 
fire Conway. Democrats on the Oversight Committee want the OSC to testify on that report, as well as dig into Conway's private travel activity and other questionable behavior. So stay tuned for that hearing later this month. While they're there holding this hearing, oversight organs in Congress should also look into something else that's really shady within the White House, the proliferation of private legal defense funds. Public Citizen is ringing the alarm on this, calling on the Office of Government Ethics to create new rules governing these slush funds. This hasn't really been an issue in the past, but given the multitude of criminal investigations facing the president and his staff, the White House has set up several fundraising accounts to solicit donations for legal expenses. The problem is, as Public Citizen notes, there historically haven't been rules on these, like donation limits and transparency requirements. Hey guys, I'm starting a GoFundMe because I gave a contract to my buddy and... (laughs) Yeah, this is totally ripe for abuse. And the group is calling on the Office of Government Ethics to set donation... to at least do something. At least set donation limits of $5,000. Which is still too much. Yes, at least prohibit donations from entities that have business before the White House or executive agencies. I mean, this seems like a complete no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, If you're a big company that's looking to get a federal regulation scrapped and you're trying to get around uh, ethics laws, why not cut a $100,000 check to a couple legal defense funds within the White House? You can do that right now. Similar rules uh, apply to congressional legal expense funds. So it makes sense that we should have rules on executive ones, too. Sticking with the theme here, Democratic lawmakers are questioning yet another private business deal involving Jared Kushner and public money. Senators Elizabeth Warren and Tom Carper are asking Freddie Mac about its backing of an $800 million loan deal involving Kushner companies. The deal enables Kushner companies to purchase 6,000 apartment units at 16 properties in Maryland and Virginia. It was reported last month by Bloomberg, which described the deal as Kushner Company's biggest acquisition in a decade. Government-sponsored enterprise Freddie Mac guaranteed a loan enabling the deal. Warren and Carper aren't suggesting that there is evidence of wrongdoing here, but they noted that Freddie has thorough underwriting guidelines. Jared Kushner is shady as fuck, so they asked how the deal was approved. The lawmakers pointed to, quote, The fact pattern in this case of Kushner companies receiving its largest loan in a decade, Mr. Kushner's refusal to fully and clearly divest from his former company and the Kushner company's recent history of engaging in transactions that appear to raise conflicts of interest for Mr. Kushner. Just a few days ago, The Guardian reported that a real estate company owned in part by Kushner has received, quote, $90 million in foreign funding from an opaque offshore vehicle. Kushner, of course, works on foreign policy issues and just about everything else for the president, who, of course, is his father-in-law. There are also reports of Kushner companies getting hundreds of millions in loans after Jared met at the White House with finance industry reps, including from Citigroup and a firm called Apollo Global Management. Of course, the White House has visitor logs, and most White House officials would probably be scared of opening of openly doing corruption like this, but Jared is dumb as fuck. So maybe he will one day go down just because he is so uniquely stupid, but we're 
probably still going to need a people's tribunal. How do I get a seat on that? That's what I want to know. Very carefully. Finally, the Government Accountability Office released a new analysis on Thursday showing that Congress really fucked up back in 2009 when it created a tax rate disparity between both roll-your-own tobacco and pipe tobacco and between small cigars and large cigars. Tax rates were raised on all of them as part of the reauthorization of the Children's Health Insurance Program. Roll-your-own tobacco products and small cigars saw more than 2,000% increase in excise taxes. But pipe tobacco and large cigars saw only modest tax increases. Probably worth going back and examining the lobbying record here to figure out the uh, discrepancy in the tax rates that were created from this law. Figure out who John Boehner spoke to. Yeah. So essentially what happened because of this discrepancy, manufacturers who were dealing in roll-your-own tobacco products switched over and started producing pipe tobacco products very easily. (laughs) And manufacturers of small cigars simply switched over and started making large cigars very easily, immediately. They started doing this immediately after 2009. (laughs) And as a result, GAO estimated that the government ended up losing out on between 2.5 to 3.9 billion dollars in tax revenue since then. The oversight body called on Congress to raise taxes on these lower tax products to eliminate the incentive for manufacturers to make simple changes to avoid taxation, just bring the products level. GAO estimates that by doing just that, the government could bring in a billion more dollars over the next 4 years that is your newscast for today once again subscribe on patreon patreon.com slash district sentinel and get your garbage can nominees in for tomorrow's show thanks to our sponsor the congressional dish podcast hosted by jen briney find it at congressionaldish.com we'll be back tomorrow for subscribers and we'll have some uh, content trickling out next week although sam knight is out of town But I know I've got a chip chat scheduled already with chip. So there will be some content. Nice. Trickling out. Trickle that content, baby. At least one of us is here in DC so that you don't have to be.